I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round five and preview of round six. This episode is brought to you by the Dwyer Dating Services, making sure you get the best love connection tailored just for you, as long as you want to connect with your coach, that is. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Actually, uh, this episode is brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by an MLSFI classic group, uh, Mike Denton, Andrew Crawlard, and Blaine Riffle. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, doing well, Reed. What's up, party people? <laughs> now, I know some of you may have tuned in to this episode hoping to hear Jason uh, after that just uh, beatdown that he received from our special switcheroo episode with a little addendum by, by Mike at the end there. But, uh, I mean, he just couldn't take the pain. He just, he just, no, no, uh, he's actually traveling abroad some in Italy for the next couple of weeks, so everyone be jealous for him right now. Uh, I'm hoping that the guys from Fantasy Football 24-7 track him down and, and just do something to him. That would be really fun to punk him that way, <laughs> but we wish him, we wish him best, best of travels, I guess. I don't know, but that's where he is, but guys, let's talk about round five. Uh, how did your teams do? Uh, mine did okay. Uh, I ended up with 70 points. Um. I thought I had a keeper for Toronto for a clean sheet, and that went away. But I think a lot of people were in that boat. Um, I missed my big thing was the forwards, Adi, Via, and Kamara. Via got two assists, but that was about it. Um, you know, if you strike out on your forwards for goals, you tend not to do too well. I had green arrows, but it wasn't much. So 70 points, okay, not great. Yeah, I got 78. I was pretty happy with that, all things considered. Um, did not have that problem with the keeper. I went with Bava just because I was worried about Madranda doing something better. But I was really happy with my production this week. I did really poorly. I ended up with 61 points. Um, I captained Giovinco. Oh. Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, I went for it. He was low ownership, um, and that did not pay off, which was a major bummer for me. So my week ended in tears. I, I'm right there with you, Andrew. You did a little bit better than I did. I ended up with 55 points. The only saving grace I had was I did win a, a key head-to-head -head matchup that we can talk about later. But I, I moved away from my all-in defense strategy and just kind of went with several different teams. And, and that that bit me because I also had a Toronto keeper flub. I did get Zavaleta, so that was some nice points. I at least had Valeri captain, but some of the other picks that I went with I, uh, they didn't quite pan out like I had hoped, and we'll talk about some of that later on. But just in general, guys, uh, I know we're definitely going to talk about Javinko in a second, Andrew, and I'll let you take that one. What were your just general impressions of round five for just the soccer or just any general surprises that you want to mention right now? The big takeaway I had was RSL and the Galaxy are in trouble. Um, both of those teams looked awful. Uh, Real Salt Lake. I, I feel bad bashing RSL when Jason's not here, but that was one of the worst defensive performances of the year, including several defensive performances by Minnesota. Um, I mean, they were giving wide open chances to Minnesota and not attacking at all. I, I was really surprised. Even though RSL ended up with two goals, they weren't really going after it. So I, I don't, you know, Pecky takes over this week. Maybe that changes something. But for our, our excuse me, for uh, LA, they have their new coach and I, I don't know what he's doing to, to have a bad, to have the second best defense last year and to make a mind boggling keeper change, in my opinion, and then just get destroyed at Vancouver, who doesn't have a, really a striker. They don't have a chance creator. They don't have a number nine. Like, I, I don't know how those things happen. So I, I think I changed my mind big time on LA Galaxy going forward. Um, the, both those teams really disappointed me this week. 
What about the performance of Hugo Torres down there in Houston? Did anybody oh, see that back. coming? Uh, didn't see it coming, but I would say he's back. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when he was playing for Chivas, he was one of the hot forwards. And I was I really liked running him in my team then. And I think if he's going to bring that form back, and I think he is, um, he's definitely back and somebody to watch out for every week, especially when you put him up against a little bit weaker defense or one that can get torn apart by space. Well, let's go ahead and move into fantasy takeaways because I want to talk about Javinko right now. Andrew, um, is Gio going to get his groove back or are people just figuring him out or is this just after injury slump? What, what do you think's up with Gio? Uh, that's a good question. Um, part of it is that he's no longer taking most of the corners in Toronto. Um, I think he took one out of the six that they had this last weekend. So that's going to take away some of his bonus point production as well as potential assists that he was getting off of those. Um, and then he did hit the crossbar once and he had another one where the ball flashed across the face of goal and he was right there and he just whiffed on it. Um, I think another day that could have been two goals and he would have been just fine. Um, so I'm not worried. My plan is to captain him again this weekend. Um, I'm, I'm letting it ride. So I, I think he'll maybe not return back to the complete dominant form that he was in the last couple of years, but I think he'll be serviceable again going forward. Now, Blaine, I want to give you a chance to jump in right here because I feel like Sporting Kansas City needs a little bit of defense, just defense, defense of their defense right now because they have depth. And I wasn't completely surprised to see that he did get shut out because even if a few key people are missing for Sporting Kansas City, which wasn't the case here, they still have very capable defensive backups. Yeah, so I've been saying this for a while with Kansas City's defense. They can shut down the star players on the opposing team. Um, you saw most of Giovinco's productive touches came when he dropped back deeper in the field. And his few really dangerous balls were looping balls over the top of the defense when they kind of followed him. Uh, Kansas City, you could tell on the field, was playing Giovinco first and the rest of the team second. They made sure he didn't have any passing lanes. So I wouldn't t put too much stock in his performance in this game. Because he's done statistically worse against Kansas City than he has against, I think, almost every other team in the league. Um, don't judge Gio by this game. I expect him to bounce back. But that Kansas City defense is better than they were in 2013 when they won MLS Cup. Um, I guess now since it's here, um, if Zussi was listed as a defender in fantasy and not a midfielder, he would be the top-scoring defender through this point of the season. I know there's <laughs> three clean sheets. I know there's three clean sheets in there, and that can't last all season. But three clean sheets in the first four games against some of the teams they've played bodes well for the defense. I really like what I'm seeing going forward with this defense, and they're ones you can count on. And some cheap options. Uh, I've got a talking point on that one when it comes to the SKC Colorado game on one of those cheap options. Oh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Uh, New England Portland, I want to talk about real quick. Uh, I made sure I was watching this game, and is this a spark that New England showed for us, guys, or do you think it was just poor finishing on Portland's part? You haven't talked for a while, Mike. I, I think it's uh, New England. Uh, I think they have something to do with it. Um, if you look at the expected goals from that game, New England actually had more expected goals than um, Portland did, um, which is really surprising the way I only got to watch half of it. But the way people were talking was Portland generating all these chances and New England you know, was lucky to get the point. And that might have been true, but you know, New England got that real quality chance at the end that they finished – um, and, and New England generally looks solid. Uh, if you're looking just by expected goals uh, per game, they have the fourth best offense in the league and, and the, only the seventh, or excuse me, the seventh best defense. So that's pretty surprising numbers for a team that I don't think most of us expected to do very well. I know I certainly didn't. So, I, I mean, while well, part of that is, you know, they got a game against Minnesota, I, I think New England's a pretty good bet, you know, especially. Uh, this week at home uh, against Houston. I think New England deserves a lot of credit for uh, what they did. Uh, now, I still think Portland's very good offensively, and a lot of it was them seeming to coast, thinking that they could just shut New England down, which Portland's defense is not good enough to shut anyone down. I think they're the um, 
the other yeah, the 20th best defense uh, by expected goals. So uh, I, I don't know why Portland, you know, doing the whole thing about we're not going to make any substitutions. Like we've got this. Like yeah, that's yes, exactly stupid. Yeah. Um, I mean, Portland's so good, but New England deserves credit. I I, I think there's some quality there um, with with getting everyone healthy this year. The last couple things I'm going to mention, unless you guys want to throw something else out there, is I hope no one went with the Philly defense this past week as Jason was advocating. (laughs) I say ha. Um, They did get a couple of goals, so nice nice to see DC back on the scoring. Uh, Acosta was one of them who I said was going to help. So pat myself on the back, even though I didn't bring him into my team. Uh, But also Schweinsteiger. He came on... Uh, I don't know if I want to say big, but he he came on this round and he got a goal and was pretty well helped out Chicago. I, I know Blaine, you also do some double duty with Montreal. Uh, did you get to watch that game? Yes, I uh, got to watch part of it, and it was uh, Montreal just looks bad right now. Um, and Chicago is doing more of what I expect them to do. I mean, I picked them to make the playoffs this year. Um, if Schweinsteiger can keep that up. Uh, it makes that um, makes that bit a little bit easier, but yeah, Montreal's just uh, steaming pile right now. Very true. Well, guys, anything else you want to talk about about round five before we move forward? All right. Well, then let's jump right into housekeeping before we get to our round six preview. So the big news of the day, if you're listening to this podcast and it's Tuesday and you have not heard this yet, uh, well, then you're welcome because. There was a change in the fantasy schedule, and that was, I think, just due to uh, an overlooked schedule at the beginning of the season. Nothing nothing malicious, nothing nothing bad. I think it helps us overall, but round six is not a double game week. I repeat, round six is not a double game week. You have no double game week teams for round six. And it also means, though, that round seven is not a massive bye week. So round six and round seven are regular rounds that is the most important thing you can hear today even more so than the player picks just know that don't don't go all in on these teams not a double game week i think i stressed that enough right i i I think so i'm just so glad that they did it because otherwise we would have had like less than 12 hours (laughs) to make transfers and i mean you because if we loaded up on double game week players all those players were on by in seven the way they had before so you'd had a you know, you have to be available on the Saturday before Easter. Thank God, MLS, today was the right decision. Thank, thankfully, they listened and, and made that change early enough this week where you have a whole week to plan. I don't know why some people are complaining. I know. I know. It's crazy. Hardcore people. Hardcore people. That's what it is. Okay. Well, let's, as always, mention our Patreon followers. Thank you so much to everyone who's been donating. We still have some donations coming in every now and then. Uh, thank you so much for that generosity. I hope you all who have already been donating are feeling that the show is worth it. We try to make it as best as we can. I'm going to be sending out emails within the next few days to sort of schedule some of the guests and uh, pre, pre-show pre chats that we have scheduled. So if you guys want to participate in things like that, just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I and check out the reward tiers that we have to be able to participate and help support our show. All of it goes to cover the expenses that we have for web hosting and for SoundCloud hosting and to help get uh, some prizes that we have for the leagues going on. So thank you so much, everyone who has supported in the past and continues to support and potentially will support in the future. That being said, the most important bit of housekeeping, I think, for many people, maybe even more important than hearing there's no double game week. Mike, give us the injury report. Well, we'll start with the injury that I think bit the most people. That's the injury to Clint Irwin. He's out four to five weeks with a hamstring injury. So Bono or Bono for uh, TFC, he's going to be between the sticks for a while. I think he's 4.7. I'd have to double check that. But anyway, he's a cheaper option if you want to get into that strong Toronto defense. Uh, Hurtado for Vancouver, he suffered a bone contusion. I think it was left foot. Uh, No timetable for him. Uh, Mon for RSL, he left with a left hamstring injury, so I'd expect him to miss some time. Aurelian Collin for Red Bulls New York, uh, left with a left, excuse me, left knee injury. 
Aha for Orlando. He also has a hamstring injury, um, so I would expect him to miss some time since we know how much uh, Jason Christ likes uh, incurring uh, hamstring injuries on his players. Uh, We have a few red cards to talk about. Uh, Cabrera from Montreal received a red. Bernardes from San Jose received a red. Um, And last, Jorginho for uh, Chicago received a red. I think that last one, there's some question about it because it was a second yellow card. Uh, you might see an appeal on that, so so keep uh, keep up to date on that. He that may get rescinded. And also, don't forget uh, Figueroa for uh, Dallas. He has a red card dating from way back whenever the last time they played, which was about, about a month ago. So he's going to miss the uh, MLS match. Um, speaking of Dallas, before we forget, both Vancouver and FC Dallas have CCL matches this week. Uh, Dallas tra- travels to Pachuca. Uh, in Mexico, Vancouver is at home against Tigres. So uh, watch those lineups. There could be some more um, injuries or rotations coming out of that game. Uh, Dallas is up, I think, 2 nothing in their uh, tie. Vancouver is down um, 0-2. Um, other injuries, uh, Urena for San Jose. Uh, he limped off. Um, I would expect him to possibly miss some time. Benny Failhaber for Sporting Kansas City missed this week, but the reports from Sam McDowell uh, out of uh, Kansas City are that he's going to be practicing again this week, so um, he could be returning. And then um, just a cleanup from last week, um, Nacho Piatti, he's out several weeks with um, either a growing or a hamstring injury. Um, so Montreal, who's as Blaine said, has been struggling, are going to miss his services for a while. So those are all the injuries that I have, unless um, y'all caught something that I didn't. I think that's pretty comprehensive. Thanks a lot, Mike. No problem. Okay, and now the part that uh, is always interesting, and if you're just listening to us for the first time on MLSsoccer.com, if you are here for player tips and game breakdowns, and this is the part of the show that you've been waiting for. We're going to go down every game, game by game, give a quick overview, and just give you the fantasy standouts. So, Mike, you already talked about L.A., and you mentioned a little bit about Montreal just a second ago. So what do you think of L.A. versus Montreal? Right now, this looks like two bad teams playing against each other. Um, Just looking at expected goals, Montreal is 19th both in offense and defense. So I don't expect them to do too much on a cross-country trip. And I think in many other years, we'd be talking about loading up on L.A. players with a situation like that. But with the way L.A.'s look disjointed, I don't know that I can go full in on them. Um, I, I think you'd be justified if you wanted to take a risk on Dos Santos or Alessandrini. Um, but a player that I'm, I'm interested in is uh, Botang. He's a cheap forward. He's, um, I had it right here. It's, he's uh, 6.3, oh, excuse me, 6.4. Um, he's been getting really far up. He, he's gotten assist, I think, in both games, or assist last game, and I think a goal in the game before that. Uh, and it seems with uh, Leggett uh, out for a while, he's kind of moving into a more offensive role. And, and at, that, at that price, if you're trying to load up somewhere else, uh, I think he could be a really good option uh, this week. Uh, on the Montreal side, I, I think you go maybe Mancoso, if anyone, but uh, Simon. I don't know if he's going to be out. I don't think I mentioned that in the injury report. Um, he, he, he'll probably be out, but I, I wouldn't expect much. Probably looking at like a 2-1 game. I, I could see L.A. possibly getting a clean sheet, possibly um, racking it up on Montreal to get it together. But they've just looked so disjointed, it's really hard to say that with any confidence. So uh, a few L.A. options this week, but I, I'm not going too far into this game. All right, Andrew, Chicago versus Columbus. I uh, hope to hear about Schweinsteiger in your breakdown right here. Schweinsteiger! <laughs> there it is. He was so good. I am so excited for him to be on this team right now. Um, Chicago is definitely a counterattacking team. Nobody expected otherwise. But the weight on some of his passes to split the defenders and hit players running in behind was so good. I'm I'm really feeling like Akam is going to just tear up on that back line um, against Columbus as they push their right back up higher up the field. 
and Akam is going to just get in behind on a sloppy turnover that they're going to find Schweinsteiger and he's going to send a through ball into Akam. Um, continuing with the Schweinsteiger love fest here, uh, he was taking some corners. He took direct uh, set piece. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on penalties. Um, he's definitely somebody that I'm going to consider bringing into my team. Uh, I love him. Uh, Columbus, Justin Miram doing his thing. Uh, one of the big pieces of news that came out, I think it was last week that we didn't cover on the show, was that uh, they traded Chani to Vancouver for uh, Kudamana, um, which makes absolutely no sense to me uh, for Columbus. Like, they've got Finlay, they've got Miram. What's the point of getting another winger in there. You've already got two, you know, wingers that are fine, they're serviceable. In the case of Miram, he's way above average for the, the league. So I'm I'm not sure what the plan is there. Um, I'm sure Bearhalter has some plan, but I, I'm not seeing it at this point. Um, I can see this one being pretty high scoring. I could see it turning into a 2-2, 3-2 kind of game. Um, and there's a lot of decently priced options on both teams. So this is one where I'm probably going to invest at least one or two picks into. So I heard an interesting conversation about Mane on Extra Time Radio, and they were talking about how for the kind of player he is, it's nice to have him be able to run that fast. I think they actually said running downhill um, off the bench. But for the kind of player he is, it's kind of hard to imagine him not starting do you do you think you could see a scenario where Merrim moves into the middle maybe comes more of that creative number 10 player and then Mane comes out there and said maybe even displacing Finlay uh yeah I I think the most likely option would be him displacing Finlay um I'm not entirely sure that that's going to happen I, I, yeah, I really can't see what the heck is happening because they've got three completely legitimate options to go with now. They can stick with what they've been doing. They could simply swap in Mane for Finlay, or they could push Miram into the middle and maybe play a like a three two. What would that be? A three two four one something like that. <laughs> they could go really crazy with their formation. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting situation that we're just going to have to keep an eye out on. But no matter how you form it, it just screams goals to you. Oh, yeah, for sure. So far, I think they've had one of the highest expected goals of any team per game. And I don't see any reason for that to not continue. Okay, speaking of themes that things that just seem to continue, Blaine, talk to us about New England and Houston, especially give us your thoughts about if Kubo Torres is someone we need to invest in going forward. Yeah, this one, when you put me on the list for this one, I didn't know what to think at first, but I'm expecting goals here. Um, Houston on the road, it's whatever at this point. I think their attack is just coming into form. If Cuba's back, that's huge. I mean, uh, home or away, it doesn't really matter for him. He can just light it up anywhere he goes, especially with those free kicks. I mean, if he's if he's going to keep taking free kicks from outside the box like he did against New York, uh, nobody's going to be able to stop him. But uh, New England at home, with that more potent attack and with them coming back into form, this one could be end-to-end the entire way. Agudelo is probably a really good pick here. Um, I hadn't thought about him too much until we started the show, but yeah, he's definitely one of those that's climbing my list for this week, especially on weeks where you don't have a lot of uh, good forward choices. He's always going to be one playing at home that can really get something going. Um, But yeah, I mean, Torres was the breakout player last week. Um, I'm really excited for him. It's going to be hard not to put him in my list or in my lineup this week against uh, New England just because they have struggled a little bit defensively. What about the likes of Kai Kamara or Lee Wynn? Are those guys who you think are worth it, or are there better options for the money in other games? Um, depending on the matchup, I would take Lee Wynn. I think I'm probably off the Kai Kamara bandwagon. I think he's going to be more of a distraction and a service guy. Agadella seems like the clinical finisher that they've been needing for a while. 
Um, Lee Wynn is definitely a matchup pick. Uh, he, I think he's still first choice for penalties at the moment, which is always a good thing to grab. But for that price point, you've got to have a really good matchup to take him over some of the other players in the league. Yes. Now, I always try to, when I can, to get uh, our guests to match up with the teams that they like. So, of course, Mike, I'm going to have you always talk about New York City. I've seen we get a chance. So, D.C. versus New York City. How will this one go down? Uh, I think this is going to be an interesting game. I, I think New York City could at least get a draw, if, if not win. Um, or They've already played once this year, and New York City won for nothing uh, since then dc lost mullins but gained acosta uh they still look disjointed even against a philadelphia team that's not very good they're the chances they got weren't very indicative of really good team play really good passing um i, I could see you trying to go a home matchup and, and get acosta but I, I think the best bet here is is David Villa. Um, he was angry after the game for because he didn't score, and that's a game in which he had two incredible assists, including one backheel assist. So I would not be surprised if David Villa um, gets on the score sheet again uh, this week against DC, who just hasn't looked very good. They don't they haven't gotten back the form that they had at the end of last year. I don't know if it's because they don't have Acosta and Mullins on the field at the same time, and so they're not really sure what to do. But um, I, I think New York will probably win this game if, if not draw. So um, I like David Villa from here. I don't think you're looking at a good clean sheet chance from either one. Although New York City, by expected goals, has the third best defense in the league right now. Uh, I tend to give that up to having three games at home, you know, which is more than most other teams. Um, so maybe New York City has the better clean sheet option of the two but i always hate to pick uh the road defensive team unless it's a really big mismatch so yeah i, I think david v is a good bet this week maybe acosta from dc um or you can kind of take a flyer or one of the other uh, new york city midfielders or forwards like harrison or morales um i i probably wouldn't if you want to go someone other than david via i would go with rodney wallace considering the way he tore dc up last time so th those are my thoughts on, on New York City. New York City's looked pretty good, and D.C. really hasn't this week or this year. So I, I give the edge to New York this week. Surprised you went with him because uh, Villa has burnt several people over this past couple of rounds. That was actually a question that we have as people were wondering who at New York to really target because like Morales and, and even Wallace and, and Villa weren't really getting the points when people thought they were. So uh, Villa and just forget the rest, is that, that's the basic thing here? I think V is going to be your most consistent pick, you know, whether it's, I think defenses are, are right now are focusing in more on David Villa. And so he's kind of having to be the chance creator. I think Morales really hasn't been the chance creator that New York city thought they were getting uh, whenever they signed him to that DP contract. And so V has kind of had to create for the people around him. Now, which one that's going to be, you know, this week it was Jack Harrison before it was Rodney Wallace. Um, I, I think it's from a fantasy perspective, it's going to be hard to predict which one of those are going to get the goals or the assists and the bonus points consistently. But I think regardless, David V is going to be the way they go through. So if New York city has a good matchup, even though, I mean, Davia didn't get a goal this time, but he still got two assists, which is better than a goal, um, point-wise, because right. that's six points instead of five. So don't worry about Davia, and he's always going to get an opportunity to shoot. I think he had one golden chance at the end of the game this week. Um, he just you know, didn't make it. So you're always getting a great opportunity with Davia. Um, and at 10.0, considering the, the way the rest of the forwards are priced, he, he's, he's a really good option. Can I jump in here on of the uh, Harrison versus uh, Wallace debate? I, I think the way to figure out which one of those to pick if you need a midfielder in that price range is to look at the defense they're playing against and how high that line is. If they sit very deep, then you want to go with Jack Harrison. If they play a little bit higher line, then you want to go with Rodney Wallace because he wants to get in behind. And Harrison oh. is able to dribble and create space for himself. So I think that is the distinction between those two guys. Ooh, very nice tip. Very nice tip. 
Okay, Blaine. Uh, Philadelphia versus Portland. Who do you like? Ooh, I like this matchup just for the weekend in general. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games to watch all, all weekend. Um, I'll echo Jason from last week. I do like Philly's defense this year. I think they've got a lot of potential. And we've got Portland on the road where they've been, or they've historically struggled on the road. I think Valeri's last one-point game came on the road. So I really do think this is a tough matchup for both teams. I think the physical side of the game Philly likes to play could really go against them. Adi doesn't mind getting in there and banging with people, and he's known for drawing some good fouls when he needs to. Valeri can get a couple of good fouls in dangerous positions. I just I think this one's going to be tight all the way through. Um, I'm kind of expecting a 1-1 game out of this. Um, Valeri's always good for a goal or an assist to Adi. I mean, I think I think Portland finds a way to score one goal here, so it spoils the clean sheet. And as some of my Philly friends have been saying, Sapong is now 3-for-3 three three this season coming off the bench. And I really do like him in this matchup. If he comes off the bench again, I could, I could see him getting another one. I think his size and his strength coming in later in the game when defenses are tired really does wonders for Philly this year. So those are the two guys, the only two guys I'm really looking at from this matchup. I'm expecting this one to be physical all the way through and just a really fun game to watch. Okay, so I want each of you to give me a quick yes or no right now. Valeri away to Portland. Is he still a must-have in your team, Blaine? Not a must-have, but he's definitely up there as a, one of the better potential midfielders this week. Mike? Yes. Andrew? No, I do not believe in Valeri this year. Oh, this year? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that Hot take makes time. an explanation. Hot <laughs> take time. So Blanco's taken a lot of the corners and set pieces where they're serving it into the box. And as a result, Valeri's bonus point production has basically dried up. He's barely getting any bonus points, which was a staple for him last year. He was getting, True. I think it was like three bonus points a game last year, average. Um, and this year it's about one, I think. Um, also, his goals that he scored this year, two PKs, two headers, which he's not known for being great in the air. He's serviceable, but come on, two headers, not sustainable. And then his ridiculous, beautiful technique volley that he had this last weekend. Can we just go ahead and say goal of the game, I think, or goal of the week? I think that needs to be it. Oh, yeah, for sure. All of that together, I, I just don't see him continuing at anywhere near the clip that he has been. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Uh, solid reason. I cannot argue with that, but that's definitely against what people have been going for. So, Oh, yeah, he's right. been in my team this entire time. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, let's not be crazy. <laughs> of course he has. Yeah, and he will be for home games for sure, but away games, I, I think if there's other decent options, I'm going to start going with them. And I think that's a good point that if uh, people miss the conversations on, I think it was on Reddit recently that we had this, um, the home and away differences in MLS is is true. It's potent. It's real. That's this. Uh, what what numbers did you have for that, Andrew, for home and away wins? Uh, home team wins about 50% of the time. A draw is about 30% of the time. And the away team wins about 20% of the time. So it's it's really important. And I think you really need to... I said really a lot. I think that it's important to combine those draws and that win percentage because that's the home team getting points. And that's either going to be a 0-0 game where your defense is going to be great or that's going to be a game that's 2-2 or whatever, 1-1, and you're going to have some offensive points. So the home teams have a great chance of getting points in the table, and that translates oftentimes to some kind of fantasy points. Now, Andrew, keep us going with Toronto and Atlanta. I, I like this game because it's like the team that was but is struggling against the team that no one expected to just be a juggernaut. Yeah, this is going to be a really interesting tactical matchup, I think. If Toronto plays three in the back slash five in the back instead of four. Uh, because if they do that, there's going to be a lot of space on the wings for Atlanta to counter into, which is what they want to be doing anyways. So I, if, if Toronto plays three back there, I could see 
this really being an upset away win that would be completely unexpected for a lot of people. Um, from the other side of things, I, I, I'm having a tough time figuring out exactly what Toronto is trying to do in the attack. I think part of that is, you know, they've had some people absent and injured. Um, so they haven't really had that opportunity to gel as much as some of the other teams. So I'm not really sure where else to go in their attack aside from Giovinco or Altidore if he's back and ready to go again. Uh, so I, I could see this one being another 2-2 type of game. I'm excited to watch it, though, just as a neutral fan. <laughs> do you like Almiron in this game? I, I, I'd hope we'd expect him to start and not just sub on, but do we like Almiron with, without... I'm just, I'm just going to like Martinez, is that right? Um, yeah, Martinez yeah, Martin, is yeah. the center yeah. forward that's been like, scoring Do we, do we like goals. him with the other? I mean, they've got some great alternate forward options, but are, are they going to have that same connection with Almiron starting without Martinez? Uh, it's tough to say. Um, in general, I tend to steer away from the away teams anyways. So I'm definitely not going to have him. This one's just fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of another game that could be fun to watch, uh, Dallas versus Minnesota. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I, this is a really interesting matchup because looking at the numbers, um, Minnesota has the third best offense by expected goals per game. They have 2.09. Um, you know, and I was, I'm really interested to see what they do against Dallas, who, you know, has a pretty good defense. Uh, you know, we saw them shut down Sporting Kansas City, even with backups uh, in week two. Uh, we really haven't seen too much of them this year, but I mean, they got a win on the road against L.A. So uh, I'm expecting a whole lot of points or a whole lot of goals for Dallas. Um, I expect them to probably concede some considering they have the midweek trip. I mean, the, the main question for this game is which Dallas players are, are going to play. Um, for me, I think Acosta might be a must-have from Dallas. Uh, the same with Arudi. Um, as long as they play, you know, maybe make sure you have some backup for them. But just the way Minnesota, even with a, a big win this week, they still gave up two goals. So if you figure get someone to try to get two goals, if you're getting a guaranteed two-goal uh, defense uh, or against the defense, you, you kind of have to take it. So especially with Dallas being at home. So um, I don't think clean sheets are a good um, opportunity here. I wouldn't get defenders from either side. Um, I really wouldn't go with Mer Ramirez or Molino from Minnesota this week just because of how much I respect uh, FC Dallas's defense. But, I mean, going forward, Minnesota's offense is, is an option. Um, I, I think the official MLS fantasy account tweeted today that um, Minnesota's got two of the players in the top 10 for scoring. Now, part of that is because they have an extra game. But, I mean, part of that is because Minnesota's scored a goal in every game. And they've looked decent offensively. We know Adrian Heath has that history of getting his players to play and produce goals, even though they're conceding more goals than they're getting. So, um <laughs> so yeah, I, I like out of this one Acosta and, and a Rudy, um, but I'm keeping Minnesota in mind going forward when they have a better matchup. Do you think that the new trades that Minnesota has made for their enhanced backline from Colorado is going to help shore up that defense inning? I think it'll probably shore it up, but you're looking right now at a 2.59 expected goals against per game. So, I mean, if it shores it up, that still puts them, like, let's say it does a dramatic change and gives them, you know, a 0.5 swing, that's still 20th or, you know, last in the league. So there's still going to be a bad defense. Maybe they're not shipping five goals a game, but if, even if they're shipping two or three, they're still going to be a target for uh, offensive fantasy players. Great. So, Blaine, with Jason gone, someone has to pick up this torch. RSL versus Vancouver. Yikes. Yeah, don't tag me in for Jason on this one. Um, I, I, was with him for, uh, I was with him for a while. I think RSL's defense is a little underrated, especially after this game. 
but Vancouver has enough speed to exploit it. Um, this is another one of those games where this one should be fun to watch. Um, I don't expect much fantasy-wise here, but I could see a lot of fun plays coming out of this game. Um, RSL at home tends to play a lot better defensively, just like every team, but Ramondo with a halfway decent defense, and I mean, we've had trouble with, we've seen Horst is sat a couple times, and he's supposed to be the big center back to carry this team this year. They've had a lot of injuries and a lot of rotation in the back line, so I would I don't know what to expect from RSL this week. I don't have really any optimistic thoughts for what's going to come from them. But at the same time, we've seen Vancouver. I mean, they lit it up against L.A., but that's kind of an L.A. that doesn't know who they are at the moment. Um, I don't know if Vancouver can replicate that on the road at Rio Tinto. If RSL's defense shows up, um, Vancouver could just as easily score three goals as they could get shut out. I mean, it's just I, I don't know where to go with this game. This game's rough. I don't have... I guess Davies would be the only fantasy player I'm looking at in this one. I think he's just been lights out, but his production, he doesn't get a ton of bonus points all the time. So he's one of those uh, late game differentials or switcheroo candidates. But I just, I don't see too much here this week that I like. Um, Some people might say Freddie Montero. I mean, he's, he's getting stronger with Vancouver, but I just, RSL's defense at home is has too much upside to risk taking Vancouver attackers against them. I mean, I totally agree. I think the safest bet for this round, especially with a coaching shift, may be to have a caution to we find out who's going to be favored, who's going to be starting, because uh, that's crucial with your fantasy planning. Uh, so just speculation, this is a different team, a different system than Petke had before he switched over from, from New York. Do you expect some changes? What do you think might happen to RSL? Just just the, this venture, I guess. Um, I've heard a lot of people say they want to see Petke pull the diamond back into RSL. And I think that I think there's a better a better than 50-50 chance that he does try to run a diamond or a little bit flashier midfield. I think Kassar got away from the style that RSL was, excelled at. So I'm hoping for a diamond. I as much as I hate RSL, I would love to see them do that and get back to some of their uh, traditional ways that saw them win the league. Um, I just uh, this team really does lack that clinical forward, and I know Plata was is coming back, but I just I don't know if he can make that much of a difference in the formation they've been playing. Um, I just I don't see a lot of depth in the attack, Mavsisian's good sometimes i just i don't see a lot of consistency in the attack and rsl relying on their defense they're getting pinned back and i don't think their defense is quite as resilient as they used to be so a formation shift sure it's coming i think if you get beckerman leading leading from the back in that diamond they could go back a little bit but i just don't think they have enough to make it work all right Andrew, San Jose versus your Seattle Sounders. Who disappointed me last week? I thought that Seattle-Atlanta game was going to be just great, but it's news. News. I actually haven't watched that game yet. I was out backpacking, so I don't know what happened other than the score itself. So I will take your word that that was a boring one. Um, I just like For it. San Jose versus Seattle, I think it's going to be a very frustrating one for Sounders fans. I think that the way to beat San Jose is to get around the outside of their defensive back four because they tend to play pretty tight. And we are not a team that excels at getting around the corners very much. Um, so I'm, I'm anticipating not a lot from Seattle's standpoint. And on the other side, I really just don't think San Jose's attack is good. Uh, So I think this is going to be a rather low-scoring game. I could easily see it ending up as a 1-1 where nobody from any team really gets all that many fantasy points. Uh, I could see passing bonus points for both teams. But beyond that, eh, I'm going to pass on this one. (laughs) I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Okay, Mike, Orlando City versus, I'm sorry, New York Red Bulls. 
Yeah, you gave me like two teams I absolutely despise. Well, you know, you had so, such a great write-up about Orlando during the primer that I, I just can't help but give it to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I don't have any Disney references the way I did for uh, Orlando uh, in my write-up. Um, th- these are two teams that, that I'm really interested in. Um, New York Red Bulls have really underperformed. We know they underperformed last year, but the difference this year is that they're not quite as good expected goals. I think last year they were still leading in expected goals, even though they weren't actually scoring goals. This year their offense is only seventh best, um, and their defense, really surprisingly, is 18th. I, I think they're still really hurting um, for Dax McCarty um, and, and really missing him and, and his presence in the midfield. Um, I, I think if you're doing anything from this game, um, I, I think you know Kyle Laren. Um, maybe Giles Barnes as, as a cheap option, just because you know Orlando is at home and New York Red Bulls have struggled. Uh, we saw them give up four goals this weekend to, to Houston, which is you know not something we're used to seeing out of the Red Bulls. Um, for the Red Bulls side, I mean, if you wanted to go with the standard ones, maybe, but I think this week you're just going to have better options than Sasha and, and Bradley Wright Phillips on the road, and. Um, you know, Orlando's defense hasn't been that terrible. Actually, by expected goals, they're the second best team. I think a lot of that is being at home and not playing a whole lot of matches. But I, I so generally for me, I'm staying away from Red Bulls. Uh, I think this is probably a one nil, two nothing win for Orlando. Um, you know, mostly Kyle Laren, just because with Kaká still out for another week or two. Uh, I, your best bet to go for the offense is through Laren. Um, maybe Giles Barnes if you want the cheap option, but um, I wouldn't t- take a defender for either of these teams just because I don't really trust Orlando's defense yet, even though the stats really like them. So, yeah, I think I give the edge to Orlando uh, over the Red Bulls with the way the Red Bulls have played this year. And finally... Blaine, Sporting Kansas City versus Colorado. And I'm hoping you're going to tell me that this is the best chance for a clean sheet this round. Uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of expecting two clean sheets. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, as bad as it sounds, um, I still don't trust Sporting's attack. I don't think they've got it all put together. Um, Fellhaber should play. Everything I've heard says he's going to be back in training this week and ready to go. I know we talked about that earlier. They said it was more a precaution last week when he was out. It was a leg injury, and it took him out of training, but they just didn't want him to get in there and take another knock on it. So I do expect him to be back. But, yeah, nobody's finishing up there. It's a nightmare. And the same can really be said about Colorado. They've got a, a good defense. It's not as good as it could be right now with some injuries, but they've got a good defense and almost nothing in the attack. Um, I haven't heard anything about Gashi's injury and how long he's expected to be out or if he's back. But if he's back, he hasn't done anything enough to be heard from. So I don't know. I, just, I expect defense here. Um, I did mention earlier you've got to watch one defender. Um, Sporting has two really good value defenders and one that's playing out of position. Um, I think Apara and Sinovic have really locked down their roles. I don't think you have to worry about rotation with those two. And they're both going to be good. I think 5.1 and 5.2 between them. Or no, 5.1 and 5.3 for those two. But Madranda's my big question mark here. Um, he filled in for Benny in the midfield this last week. And Suni Saad got the start. But it was Latif Blessing coming in off the bench, really showing his speed. That he's the one there that was brought in to play that left wing or right wing and switch with Gerso however you want to look at it. Um, as it keeps going, I'm wondering how long the attack is going to be allowed to continue this way without scoring a goal before Madranda gets put on the bench in favor of Sod or Blessing to start. So watch out for that. Just a gut feeling this week that Madranda could get benched in favor of Blessing, especially against a little bit weakened uh, Colorado defense. So I'm, I'm probably picking up four defenders from Kansas city this week or Amelia and then three of the defenders and Madranda will probably be in there, but I will definitely have a sub for him just because I'm worried about him getting benched. 
And then uh, you can go with pretty much anybody cheapest option that's going to start for Colorado on the on defense and hope to get a clean sheet there. I think you fill your entire defense in this game and be good. Now, as far as defense selection goes, do you guys still, if you ever, like the all-in-with-one-team strategy, or are you digging the two players from each team, like two guys from Sporting, two guys from Colorado, I mean, just two players from different teams uh, and, and roll that way? I use Wait. different teams. Oh, I'm sorry. You can ask me. Oh, you go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. Um, I, I use players from different teams, not from a theoretical, you know, I want to go all in or I want to um, spread it out. But to me, doing it from different teams allows you to get more budget options. So I've been trying to get budget defenders from teams that I think have a clean sheet. That way I can invest more money um, in the forwards and midfield positions. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I think to do all one team, you know, most teams have one, maybe two cheap defenders. But after that, then you start paying, you know, closer to six. And to, to me, that's still too expensive for defender value. So I, I've been kind of spreading around just to save some money. Yeah, you've got to be sure of that pre- <clears throat> of that six million defender in order to go all in on a team. I don't think any team you can really pull four guys except for sporting with Madranda and maybe Vancouver with Davies, because you got guys playing out of position. If without those couple of teams, I don't think you can really go all in and not take a premium. And if you're going to take a premium defender, they better be getting that clean sheet or it's a waste and you can do better elsewhere with the money. And so I have not gone all in except for the opening weekend challenge yet. I went, I switched last week and didn't go all in with Toronto. I just had that feeling, and I probably should have, but then the goalkeeper injury happened. So, yeah, uh, this week will probably be the first week I go all in on one defense, and it's because I'm it, Colorado's attack is so anemic right now. I just I can't see anything coming from it. Um, I'd say 90% chance that Sporting gets a clean sheet on this one, so it's really hard not to invest in that one. Do you have a side, Andrew? Um. My brain tells me that you really should diversify into at least two teams. But at the same time, this week, I think I might be with Blaine and might go all in on Kansas City defenders. I think that's fair. I, I've been trying to do all in for most of the season. Last week, I did not do that, and I felt like I got burnt with it, uh, but that was a strange round anyway. Uh, I think uh, this is referencing a question that we saw on Reddit. Uh, I think having two players from two different teams is a nice balance. So I think Mike made a very good point that just getting two value players from each team, that does help stretch your budget so you can find those four point something or low five players from each team. So I, I think for me going forward, I'm going to try to do all in with one team as often as I can because I just still like it. But uh, going two and two would be uh, a close second for me and is really my preferred strategy. One of those two is my preferred strategy with that defense going forward. But thanks, guys, so much for all of those tips and thoughts about these games. I hope that you listeners found that helpful. Now we're going to move on to the straight up player picks for round six. Mike, who do you like at keeper? Well, I'm I'm a believer of the Sporting Kansas City uh, clean sheets. I have Malia as a keeper. Andrew? Same. Make it three for three, Blaine? Yeah, you heard my explanation already. All right, there we go. And Andrew, defenders. I like Opara and Madranda this week for what we've already discussed. And I think I'm going to go with Van Damme from L.A. I, I like his bonus point production, and I think Montreal's attack is just awful. Yeah, um, Madranda and Opara, I'm going to ride it out with Madranda, but like I said, have a sub for him just in case. Um, I'm going to throw Sinovic in there to finish off the set of four. I'm looking at putting Davies back there, and I really have not decided on who my fifth defender is going to be. I really don't like the matchups too much. I think LA's probably got a good shot. I may go with one of their value guys. Mike. But yeah, those are my. I'm going to go with the Kansas City defense in that starting lineup anyway. So. Um, right now, I have. Um, uh, I guess I'll make a three for three for Madronda and Opara. Um, I also have uh, Jovan Jones as my uh, third defender because I don't believe too much in uh, San Jose's uh, attack while I think Seattle's defense has shown themselves to be pretty good this year. 
Um, although I don't think LA would be defense would be a bad bet for uh, the reasons we talked about earlier. Blaine midfielders. Yeah, this week I really don't have any standouts coming straight to mind. Uh, Alessandrini and Miram are both kind of leading the way for me. I just with Montreal being in the shape they are, I think you've got to kind of look at Alessandrini this week. Um, Godoy is the other one that's really in there that I think I'm going to have in my lineup just for the price. Um, as Andrew mentioned, uh, Seattle plays through the middle and Godoy has been clogging it up on every team. I think he's got a great potential for bonus points this week. Um, beyond that, I think I'm going to try to grab one of the new England midfielders. Don't know which one kind of depends on price. And then I'm kind of bouncing between, um, Alex Wallace and Osorio for that last spot. I just haven't decided which one I think is going to have the better game. Mike. Uh, well, I have, um, Acosta from Dallas, uh, Lee Wynn. Uh, Diego Valeri and uh, Justin Miram, and I also have uh, Gressel from Atlanta as part of a switcheroo. Andrew, right now I've got Alessandrini, Lee Wynn, and Schweinsteiger, and <laughs> I'm running a switch with Azira from Colorado and Barrios from uh, Dallas. I, I think Barrios is one of those players that's built for the switcheroo. He's either going to get you like mm-hmm. two points or ten points, and yep. there's no option for anything in between. So, I, I really like him as a switcheroo option. And forwards, Mike. Uh, I have uh, Rudy and David Villa, and uh, and right now I also have uh, Botang from uh, LA for a switcheroo, but I might um, change that around. But that's what I got in my first draft. Andrew, I've got. Arudi, Giovinco, and Kyle Laren. Blaine. Dos Santos, Arudi, and Akam. Right now, Villa's hitting in there. May get switched in at some point, but the first draft has those three guys. Interesting. And finally, your captain pick, Andrew. I'm going with Giovinco again. I honestly have no idea at this point. On a whim, I would say Arudi. They're... They've got Minnesota. Minnesota's been giving them up. I think Arudi's got the pace to get through there. So right now it'd be him, but that could change. Menu John in from Philadelphia. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's a joke for Derek, <laughs> one of our listeners. Um, no, I'm gonna go with um, uh, I'm gonna go with Lee Wynn. Uh, I think Houston's defense is pretty bad. Uh, Lee Wynn has is I think he's either second or third and for expected goals and assists. I think New England Houston is the best matchup this week. Um, mismatch for a good offense against a bad defense so i'm gonna go with lee win interesting well thank you so much guys for those tips i hope everyone finds that helpful in making their selections as we lead into this single game week not double game week to emphasize once more if you guys have any thoughts on player picks on your on your end just send a message to us on twitter we're always happy to interact with the fans and the listeners and just other fantasy managers and help pick the brains and see what else makes people tick and then be sure to tune in to uh, the MLS Fantasy Insider at MLSFI Twitter account closer to kickoff time. And I will post the chalkboard around then. For those of you who always message me asking where the chalkboard is, I tend to post it about an hour before the game starts because I want you to listen to our podcast. So but that's when you'll find it then. All right. Time to get to some fun stuff. Community time. <laughs> oh, there it went. <laughs> That will not be edited out either. That will not be edited out. Simon is vicious. So I apologize to everyone it's, for just It's going to be sneezing. part of the intro soon, I'm sure. <laughs> it probably will be part of the intro, yes. Uh, now we're on the community time. So the top score for the r slash fantasy MLS league was Melanie Pauls, who also got the overall high score of the entire round with 105 points. So congrats Woo. a lot, Melanie, and your team. Make them believe. We do believe. Over in the Patreon head-to-head league, Matthew Lippman is still holding on to the top spot with a record of 4-0-0 and 339 points. There are three others who are right on his heels, though. Unfortunately, I am not one of them because I did not win head-to-head there. I'm 3-1 I'm and one over in the Patreon league now, so tough times, tough times for Team Fantasy Boss. However, heading over to the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league uh my fortunes were a little bit better let's see about the rest of you guys mike you went head-to-head with blaine how did that turn out uh the same way all my other matchups in this league have gone i lost <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm, I mean, I think I'm getting, I'm getting close to becoming the taco here. Uh, no, yeah, Blaine got me. Good game, Blaine. Yeah, and I just want to say, I feel really bad for you this week. I think you beat out nine other teams in this. And oh, you it's just been that to way get... like all five, like four out of the five weeks. Like I think like last week I was really bad, but most of the weeks I've been like the third or the fifth best score and still lost. <laughs> so I'm 14th in the standings. Next, we had uh, Mr. Guy Sanchez taking on Jason Wiskovich. And I guess Jason just must have slacked off when he was flying abroad because Guy beat him 78 to 56 in a good it, game. It was a week for Jason to get beat. You know, the podcast, <laughs> all Minnesota. It just, it just, good, good thing he's in Italy, you know. Oh, we're going to hear about this when he can. We're going to have to have a special episode just for Jason to, to go off about all this while he was gone to set the record straight with Jason Wiskovich. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, we'll you added took a part for on... me at the end just to keep his good time rolling. <laughs> Andrew, you took on fantasy football twenty four seven. What happened? Uh, I got spanked. My team did really poorly, and their team did really well, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> we won't talk about that score. Uh, I took on Simon, uh, the only person in the entire league who scored less than I did by one point. And I maintain my first place spot in the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league. So I was pleasantly surprised by that because I did not think that was going to happen by any <laughs> any chance at all. I saw who I had left to play and who I thought he had left to play. And I was like, well, I'm done. Whatever. Uh, next, we had Ben Bear taking on our friend Tim Shaw. And Ben smashed him 72-58. to 58. So Ben is quite the force to be reckoned with right now. Then Andrew Reby, our Pretty much taco in the league. Not sure if he changed his team or he he just got lucky. Took on Ivan the Terrible from Fantasy Football first, and he lost 64 to 66. Let me just say to everyone, if you have not listened to Extra Time Radio recently, where they have the Hot Takes Hotline, call out there and call out Andrew Weeby because, I mean, what's up? I don't know if he's playing. He's he's intimidated by us. He's intimidated by the Octagon. He He is not giving fantasy its due diligence. So call him out. On Extra Time Radio. And then finally, Travis Luscombe took on Phil, who was on the show uh, last week. And Phil lost to Travis 77-61. to So a tough game. Tough game there. But every game is always a good game in the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts League because you guys are so great. Uh, next week, oh, oh, I might lose this one. Uh, I am taking on, on Andrew. So are you sure you're not going to be backpacking this week, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I'm around. Tinkering all week, baby. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm taking on Andrew this round. Fantasy Football 24-7 is taking on Guy Sanchez, who also writes for Fantasy Football 24-7. So we'll see if he throws that match or not. Delusion. Uh, Jason <laughs> is taking on Mike. So, Mike, see if you can take care of him while he's in Italy. Uh, that's well, that's a classic. I wish we had done our special episode now when you two were going head-to-head. Well, I know we we're not going head to we're head to head on the podcast, but at least we can take this opportunity to remember the forty four from last year. Um, if new, some of our new listeners may not know what that is. That's when Jason scored forty four points in a double game week, and it's important that we never forget that tragedy and all the sadness that came from it. <laughs> Uh, Blaine, you're taking on Travis. Phil is taking on Andrew Weeby. Uh, Ivan is taking on Ben Bear. And Tim is taking on Simon. So some good games coming up for round six. And I look forward to talking about those scores next round. So that's all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Before we go, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the MLS Fans United Facebook group. Their fantasy league took me in last year. It's a bunch of Cascadia people, so I don't know what they were thinking letting a sporting fan in. But they've all turned to listening to the podcast and checking out our resources this year. They call themselves the Tacos League. And I don't want to make the joke too harsh, but they do. Pl- some of them do play like tacos. So I've been passing them all of our information, and they are getting better. Um, RJ Gage, I think, was one of your top scorers last week, Reed. Nice in the in the Patreon league, uh, he's playing in there with us. It's a good community of guys. I've really had fun with it. Um, been a fun league to play in, so I just wanted to give them a shout out. Michael Andrew, um, I want to. I'll, I'll give a shout out too, since I'm sure people are tired of me plugging the MLS injury news. Um, I'm gonna give a shout out to AmericanSoccerAnalysis.com. Um, I asked them this week or this morning for um, expected goals data per game, 
and they did it within the afternoon. So they're a tremendous resource. I mean, we've talked about expected goals, both me and uh, Andrew, this, um, you know, this podcast. If you want to go look at the numbers yourself, that's the site to do it. Um, they have a lot more in-depth information than even, um, you know, MLS Soccer uh, is allowed to provide. So if you if you enjoyed that from MLS Soccer, there's a little bit even more information from them. So definitely go check them out. Um, great drafts. They have by team, by player, um, by goalie, and by game. So really good resource to, to look in if you're interested in expected goals. Anything left for you, Andrew? And you can find my most week's articles on MLS Fantasy Boss. They're the stat summary, super nerdy articles that I write. And while we're talking about stats and nerdy things, I want to give a shout out to MLSFantasyViz.com. Uh, it's a great resource that you can follow along during games live to see um, how close all of your players are to getting bonus points. Yes, and Jay Wu used to be on the show often as a, as a guest. Until he got too busy. Uh, yeah, so as Andrew mentioned, check out all the other articles over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. I have charts that pop up there as well as Andrew and, and Blaine and, and others that have articles that come up there weekly as we lead up to all the games. Also, be sure to check out the articles I have over at MLSSoccer.com. I usually have player picks near the end of the week. And uh, Tr Travis, who is playing in our head-to-head -head league, also has one of the fantasy expert articles that get posted up there from time to time. And if you have SiriusXM, I, I appear every now and then on the United States of Soccer with Jason Davis. So if you need uh, a fantasy fix on your radio that way, then check that out. It's been pretty fun to do that. So, uh, And finally, if you are interested in just chat and fun stuff and player captain polls whatever you might want to have head over to r slash fantasy mls the reddit the subreddit over there uh, reddit.com slash r slash fantasy mls it's a great community with lots of great resources and just fun chat and tips that happen all the time including rate my team so if you want to know about your team that's the place to go and that being said good luck <laughs>